All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, upvote the video itself. Got a big special treat. Stuart Stevens is in. He's kind of the perspective that we go to whenever we're dealing with Ole Miss history and SEC history. Stuart is just a treasure trove of information. And one of the things that people might not know, he was in the stadium, in Tiger Stadium in 1959, in the game that made Ole Miss and LSU on Halloween famous. And now I'm talking about, hey, the SEC needs to get this game back to Halloween. How you doing, Stuart? Sounds great. Uh, yeah, that was, that was an amazing night. I was a kid. Um, my dad had gone to Ole Miss. My grandfather had gone to Ole Miss. My parents, my mother had gone to Ole Miss. Um, my mother came to Ole Miss from LSU to start the Kappa sorority. She opened the first chapter. That was her, how she ended up, uh, and as she used to refer to it, the, the wasteland of Oxford, because um, she came from New Orleans. Um, yeah, that was that was an amazing game. Uh, I I mostly remember it because you know there were all these drunk LSU fans like selling costumes and being terrified. Um, but what I, I remember so vividly about it is driving back to Jackson with my father. I don't think he said a word the entire drive. And from then, you know, those days to drive from Baton Rouge to Jackson, you know, I'm sure it took a lot longer than it does now. Um, but it was. Uh, I, I love those rivalries, um, and it, it's so much of uh, the essence of, of college football. It's something you'll never have in pros, that that as personal a rivalry. Yeah, it's, it's almost, and even though players might come from everywhere else around the country, and, you know, the starting quarterback from Ole Miss is from Utah, but at its core, at its whole, like, Ole Miss versus anybody. It's a civic game. You're, it's our guys against your guys, and it really doesn't matter where they're from, right? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I've been fascinated by the, the role that college sports, particularly college football in the South, played in changing our society. Um, you know, the way it, I think it played a role a lot like rugby did in South Africa, from what I read. You know, it's the first time, like, blacks and whites cheered for each other in minutes. And it, um, I think that's just fascinating as a collective civic experience of bringing people together, um, which is the essence. I mean, homecoming is such means sort of a resonance of coming home, of going back. It's, it's more than just going back to where you went to school. It's a sense of you know coming back to this place that means something. And in my family, you know, when I grew up, we still had a lot of games at Memorial Stadium. And we lived in Belhaven. You could walk to Memorial Stadium, which, you know, I did many times with my dad. And uh, you would hear the games. It was so cool. But, you know, my parents were big party goers. just like good old Miss scratch were. And, we, you know, before uh, all these games, like before the Arkansas game, they'd have like a big hog roast. And this was such a, you know, part of my growing up. And that's when we had bootleggers. So like bootleggers would come. Um, and it, it, it just... Uh, became uh, such an imprinted part of my past, which is why, you know, I wrote this book called The Last Season. Um, when my dad turned 95, um, I was in 2013. I had worked in the Romney campaign in 2012. There you go. 
Um, and if you haven't heard, we lost. Um, and I had just turned 60 and I was kind of, you know, I've been involved in presidential races when you win and you lose. It's a lot. You kind of ask yourself more questions about life when you lose. Like, you know, why, you know what happened? What did I do wrong? And uh, we decided to go to all the Ole Miss football games uh, in the 2013 season. And uh, my mom went, which gave it kind of a driving Miss Daisy quality. Um, and it was a great experience. I'm, I'm really glad. Uh, my dad at 95 still, you know, was up and around. And, um, I, you know, we didn't set any land speed records getting out of the car into the stadium. But uh, it was great. Um, it, was, it was a great experience. It was a classic Ole Miss year, too. Though. She freezes his first year. And had all this opportunity, and then we lost to Eggbo. Because, you know, Prescott came in at the end of the game. He'd been hurt. They brought him in. And you could just feel like, oh, this is going to happen. And it was that, you know, terrible thing when uh, Bo fumbled in the end zone. Uh, it was just a classic heartbreaker Ole Miss game, you know. Cold, rainy night in Starkville. You left, like, you know, wondering why the universe hated you. Yeah. Well, you know, um, there's been many nights where it's been the opposite feeling for state fans as well. That's just the nature of that game, I do believe. And speaking of which, we're going to go back to the original topic, the LSU Halloween thing. Is yep. that a game that you associate now with Halloween? Is that something – am I crazy with – Oh, yeah, that? absolutely. No, man. Because it was that whole um, – the fog on the field, this whole sort of like you – know, and, and, you know, at least to this kid, Tiger Stadium was kind of like the ultimate haunted house that you were going into. Um, and it had this legitimately spooky feel to it. Um, and, and this sort of sense like something weird is going to happen here. Um, and it's, it, it, it'd be so great to get that back on, on Halloween. Um, this is, you know... It's a legendary game for a reason. Yeah. And it's one of those games that, like, Ole Miss will always be associated with. I mean, when and, and, and LSU fans will tell you that they don't have a rivalry and they'll try to be cool. But they, Ole Miss has went down there twice in the last decade, 7-0, and and LSU has stormed the field both times. This game means something to them as well. I Listen, brother, I listen to your podcast all the way. I do all the time. But I listen to it all that week before the LSU game. And you called it, you know, you, uh, you know, and it started so great. And then when it started to go south, I was like, oh, man, Stephen's right. This is not going to be good. Yeah. And it ended up a lot worse than any of us could have imagined. I, I just, uh, yeah, and they stormed the field. Mm -hmm. You don't do that you know, if it's not a big game. Yeah, it, it, it's like I tell people all the time, like the Auburn people that constantly end up in my thread. Uh, on these YouTube videos. It's like, if it's not a rivalry and you don't care, then act like it. Act like you don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, there's other rivalries that Ole Miss could get back whenever this schedule yeah. is done. Sort of get back. There's a game, historically, Tennessee has been a decent game. The division's kind of ruined that. And they hadn't played but like five times in 25 years. But Tennessee, every other year, that's going to become a big game. Georgia, every other year. That is a team that Ole Miss traditionally has played a decent amount of amount of time. What do you feel yep. about the chance to get these games at least semi-regularly oh, back? 
I, I think it'll be fantastic. You know, I went to the, I guess it was the last Georgia Ole Miss game when Georgia was at home uh, in Ole Miss and Ole Miss beat them. That would have been 2016. Yeah, 2016. I remember it was the hottest day. I thought I was going to die. And I, was, I couldn't imagine these guys out there playing. And that was Kirby Smart's first year, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I look at that game and Ole Miss won easily. And, you know, I had a bunch of buddies who went to Georgia. I saw them in the Grove before. And they were like, we're going to lose. We're not very good anymore. And, I, you know, I think about that when you think about how Kirby Smart has turned that around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, that's really astounding um, and, and really goes to the difference a coach can make. But that was a great when, – when I was growing up, that was one of the great rivalries. I mean, we used to drive to go to that game. Um, and it, it – just the whole – you know, that's such a great stadium where they play and that whole intense feeling about it. Um, that, that's a, a tremendous – as is a Tennessee rivalry. Which is why it was so heartbreaking that Peyton went there. It was yeah. like, I mean, I, it bothers me less that like Arch is going to Texas, but to go to Tennessee, particularly at that time, you know, when Tennessee was a big rival, it was, you know, still mm-hmm. smarts. Yeah, it, it's absolutely weird. And you talk about Georgia. I remember whenever I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s going and seeing Vince Dooley teams and Lars Tate yeah. and Garrison Hurst. I mean, every other year they were in Vault Hemingway Stadium and their band um, playing like junk. Jeremiah was a bullfrog and the different really yeah. specific things because their red coat band is really specific in this age when it seems like half the bands play the same stuff. They were very unique and It'll be nice to have that back in a semi-regular time, even though Georgia right now is honestly what Alabama was 10 years ago. Yeah, we'll see how great that's going to feel after, after we play them. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, t- t- just, just as I said, t- tell me there's reason to be hopeful that w- we could be either Georgia or Alabama at home this year. I, mean, I just want to... Oh. I want to live in at least if it's a fantasy. I want to entertain that fantasy so my life oh, is happier the next year. Oh, you want to know what it's like to be Stephen Willis? I can do this. I've got this. This is teed up for you. All right? Alabama, yeah. we get them in September with a new offensive coordinator that's 30 years old right. and a new defensive coordinator that we're at least somewhat familiar with, but it is going to be new. You have a head coach that is very familiar in what Nick Saban likes to do and a defensive right. coordinator that has spent the last five years with them. So you want to get Alabama in September as supremely talented as they are. The timing kind of sets up for Ole Miss next year. If Ole Miss is going to get them, they can get them. They just don't need to lose to the laundry. They don't need to lose to the helmet, which Ole Miss does with Alabama for whatever reason from time to time. I've seen Deuce and Eli go over there and just get embarrassed against teams that they had no business losing to. Um, Against Georgia, the only thing I've got, I don't have much. I don't have much (laughs) on this one is Mike Boga, Bobo is the new offensive coordinator. Todd Monken is going to the NFL, so the offense is going to look a little different. No Stetson Bennett. So if there's a situation where the defense, which is always going to be good, is a little bit off, is the offense going to be good enough to pick them up? That becomes the yeah. question there. I Georgia a little bit less. I think Alabama's gettable, though. One other question you probably don't want to answer. Hmm. At that Georgia game, who's going to be the oldest quarterback? 
Oh, um, I I think Jackson Dart's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to do a show in the next couple of weeks of how I predict this quarterback competition to go out. Oh, great. I'd love um, that, man. Um, I think Jackson Dart's going to win the job. Walker Howard's going to be the backup, and Spencer Sanders is going to be the third guy. The loser between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders is going to be the third-string quarterback because Walker Howard – immense talents he, he's basically if you watch him on huddle he really, i've never watched it. is he really that great yeah he, he, he it looks like you're watching matt corral film yeah and um they're going to get him developed and get him ready to go because this is what i think they want and i've said this over and over again i think they want either jackson dart to win the job really kick butt and go pro after this year yeah. or they want spencer sanders to just win the job so in 2024 it becomes walker howard's job I really think they're wanting to part the Red Seas for this. So well, obviously, Spencer Sanders bet on the latter scenario. Yeah, if you look at them statistically, they're the same quarterback. They throw about nine, ten picks a year. They throw for about 3,000 yards. They run for about six. It, it, statistically, it's uncanny. They do it different ways. And Jackson Dart needs to figure out how to get the ball out of his hand quicker and use the all parts of the field. Um, right. And I and think Spencer Sanders is going to pro, um, pressure him to do that. So I, I got to ask this. Um, what was the conversation like between Lane Giffen and Spencer Sanders to get him to come to Ole Miss? What, how does that go? What does he say? I, you know, I've got, at that time, Walker Howard had not committed, right? Or had he? No, he Walker had, Howard committed first. Yeah, Spencer Sanders came in on top of that. How does that conversation go? I just think Spencer Sanders, he's a four-year starter at Oklahoma State. He's a former Big 12 freshman of the year. He's probably right. an immensely confident dude like quarterbacks at these Power yeah, 5 schools good. are. And he just thinks he's going to come in and win the job. I honestly think that's it. I don't know if there was that much to sell. I think he likes the offense and what Lane Kiffin does once it gets going Lane Kiffin yeah. probably showed him film of Matt Corral and said, this is what we want to do. Can you do it? And right. Spencer really Sanders shot. like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, well, I mean, it is, it is, it is, I know this is off top, but it is the most talented quarterback room. In my lifetime, yeah. probably the last time it was this talented, Glenn Griffin and boys were patrolling the quarterback room at Ole Miss. With Jim Weatherly. Yeah, the, those guys was the last time yeah. it was this stacked. Wow. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. But here's the key, in my opinion, on this quarterback competition, is we can't do what we did last year. We have and to have him, it settled yeah, by week three. Uh, you know, I remember you saying this at the time, and it never really made sense to me until you saw how much better he got. Mm -hmm. And then you, by playing... I mean, you, you knew that was going to happen. I didn't really get that. And then you go back and you say, okay, if that level had played earlier, what level would he have been, you know, for those last games? Uh, it, it's a really good point. If Jackson um, Dart would have won the job at the beginning of the season, Ole Miss would have beat yeah. Alabama. I'm convinced of it. That last series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would have absolutely happened. Now, the yeah. problem with that Alabama game and stuff like that is – Quinshawn needed somebody to spell him. After Zach Evans got hurt, it became harder. So right. we're hoping that, like, Kedrick Riscano, one of the new guys, come in and do does a really good job and props them up. 
You know, Stuart, real quick before we get out of here, I do want to say this. Um, we've gone the other way about rivalries potentially being renewed, maybe LSU back to Halloween. There is one negative to Ole Miss fans, and that is the fact that they might lose the every year game with Arkansas because they tried to shoehorn them with LSU. It didn't really happen. Right. They're trying to shoehorn them with Missouri. It didn't really happen. Arkansas's SEC rival has been and always has been the Ole Miss Rebels. It might not have a trophy, but that's that game goes back to the 50s. So we might go to, we might be about to lose that as an every year game, but this is why I'm not overly upset with that and it's more of a happiness for them. It looks like them and Texas is going to become an every year game. And that game is Yeah. That game every year was fantastic. There was a game, I think, in 69, the year Eli beat Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl. Um, Texas versus Oklahoma, one versus two. Richard Nixon in, in Vietnam watching the game. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was a huge, massive game. And I'm excited for Arkansas to have that game back. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, we are talking earlier. I, I still have post-traumatic stress about Arkansas. Um, w- when I was a kid, the Arkansas game was a big game. And my parents would always have like these hog roast games and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, one of my father's like favorite sayings, like the hogs are tough, the hogs are tough. And they always were. Um, and then we're, you know, some of us are going to be haunted forever with fourth and 25. Yeah. Um, you know, some, someone asked me how long did it take to get over that? And I said, I'll let you know when it happens. It's, uh, <laughs> it hadn't happened yet, but, I, you know, I love the intensity of that, that, that their, how much they love their football program. And that's one of the things I loved about this last season. I loved seeing Tennessee come back. And, and for those fans that have kind of been in the wilderness uh, to come back and have this moment, I mean, it was such a sort of great, joyful thing. You could just see what it meant to them. Um, and that's the essence of college football that you just will never get on a pro level. That's sort of what it means to a wider audience or a wider, you know, civic thing um, that is so great. Yeah. And some people will talk about the level of football and everything, but it will never, and it will never compete compare to the college game to me. NFL games. I'm not even going to play fantasy football next year. I'm going to watch some games. It just yeah. doesn't hold my interest in the way that college football does. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, they're 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 like different sports. Um, it, it it just the what it means to lose in college, I think, is so much greater than what it means to lose uh, for the pros. Um, you know, but for one thing, a lot of these guys they'll know they never play football again. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- that are on that field, um, which I think was kind of the heartbreak of the way Ole Miss season ended this year. I just felt so sorry for those seniors. You know, that that uh, they could have gone the other way, but. You know, we're undefeated in 23. Exactly. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our new brand, brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully, coming soon, Ole Miss basketball can at least get to a level that we can um, start to enjoy it again, but I'm not going to hold my breath for a little bit on that one. We'll see what happens. Anyway, thank you, Stuart, for stopping by the show. 
Um, Thank you, Jim. I love the pod. I listen to it all the time, brother. Yeah, um, we're going to have you back. Like I said, you are our perspective about all things Ole Miss from back in the day. The stuff that I don't know, I consider myself an encyclopedia, but the problem is I like I, I bought like a 1994 volume, so it doesn't go back enough. Like the earliest, my first game was Steve Sloan's last game, um, the, if that tells you. you know, I think the golden age of sports for a person is always – the first time you became interested in the sport and your team won. Mm-hmm. That will be forever in your, you know, mental memory uh, and psyche as a golden age of sports. And for me, it was, uh, you know, the 62 era when yeah. uh, uh, that was like the most un- incredible for so many reasons here. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's great to see Ole Miss football back. Yeah. Mine was immaculate deflection. I was in the stadium, Memorial Stadium that day. Wow. And, and also in Oxford when Cassius Ware almost killed Eric Zire. Those are my, <laughs> those are my two moments. Okay. Yeah. Okay, brother. Anyway, take care, buddy. Um, hope to see you again. Good to see you. All right.